Motherfucker. To the hundred foot spider that was now ravaging the panic stricken countryside. Pleasant coincidence. I feel exactly the same way about you, Capitan. What's inside of you? What's keeping you alive? Trying to jip and double cross with no guts for it. To reach this lost civilization, science had followed a trail through burning desert sands. Why ever get out of here? Into my world. A world of light and flowers. Yeah. Excitable! You bet I'm excitable! We're trying to put a guilty man in the chair where he belongs! Alfred, I beg you. It's too late to bring the dead back to life.
Howdy, partners. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little worse for wear. A tad battered and bruised. I feel like I've taken a ten-round pounding in the ring from the super heavyweight champion of the slamcasm, and it's all because of something that happened to me just this very morning. And folks, before your letters start showering in like there's been another explosion at the town printworks, whether it was the morning of the day on which you are listening to this broadcast is irrelevant, for I always start the day with a severe bout of self-abuse, following which I pass a cigarette to myself and console myself tenderly but impatiently, gently patting myself on the back while I sob into the mattress. But I'm getting beside the point, not to mention beside myself. Well, when I'm returning to the hillside after a trip somewhere farther afield, there's nothing I like more than to stop off for a steaming cup of sticky black and a heap of tossed-off man-batter pancakes at the Shoot the Shit Diner just out in the desert off Route 98.6. They serve up the best egg whites this side of the singularity, and the waitresses and I have an understanding based on the fact that we all speak the same language. English. Well, early this morning, I was parsing by, astride my Black Bull Belial, when I noticed a torrent of liquid rising directly upwards into the sky from the doorway of the diner. Upwards? Liquid? Were my senses failing me again, or were something more unusual astir? You know the drill, folks. Stick around like flies teething on gummed paper, and you shall find out. L'insolence et ton corps qui murmure force-moi sans violence fait la part du feu et c'est que trop d'entente émousse les passions et veut que l'équation soit sans résolution. На территории фермы, где росли более 2300 кусков. April is the cruelest month. Breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Mm, I'm shove it down my throat. <laughs> Winter kept us warm. Covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. And lick it around the head. Summer surprised us, coming over the Starnbergersee with a shower of rain. And then choke on it just a little bit. We stopped in the colonnade and went on in sunlight into the Hofgarten and drank coffee and talked for an hour. And just bring it in slowly. Bin gar keine Russin. Stamm aus Litauen. Echt Deutsch. And when we were children... Are you going to shut the fuck up so I can suck your cock? (laughs) 
and with Peter Plankin. Saturday. Saturday came and went as usual and still no proof of Papa. Daddy, where? I did, however, in betwixt its coming and going, have two excellent visitors. The first was from the police. I knew it was the police, because I had, it's probably the police, written in bits of mashed up care worker on my side of the door. I've such a tidy mind. Police to meet you, office hair, I appropriately joked. Are you Peter Plankin? Piked my inquisitor. Yes, I truthed. And have you ever seen this woman before? No. Oh no. I distruthed, looking at a picture of Amy from the agency's original face in the police minister's fingered hands. Oh, Amy! She's been missing for a while and was last seen in this area, he ever so kindly explained. Oh, it's like an Easter egg hunt, I grushed. Can I play? It is not like an Easter egg hunt, the police forced back. Not interested then. I ejaculated and closed the door. Bye, bye. The policeman kept knocking on the door, but I just laughed like back in the 90s and returned to settling down my scuttling supper. (laughs) Are you aware of the fact that a country has... Borders? Are you aware of that? Uh, email from a listener here, Emily Darrock. She's writing in from Leeds, uh, Leeds University, specifically studying film and media there. Hello, Emily. Hello, Emily. Um, yeah. Emily's question to us is, uh, what is your favourite costume drama? Um, what, an in- what an interesting question. Thank you, Emily. Uh, I myself am a big Julian Fellows fan, so I'd have to say Gosford Park is probably my favourite costume drama. Lots of real good costumes in that one. And some mystery as well. If you haven't seen Gossip Park, uh, rectify that, listeners. Rectify it real quick. Adam, um, what's your favourite costume drama? Oh, that's a, it's a tricky one. I, it's possibly... It would have to be a toss-up between um, Iron Man 2 or maybe, uh, maybe Blade. Sorry? Iron Man... Yeah, no, Iron Man two. You know that, or, or Blade, of course. It's not so really a costume are... drama, though, is it? Right, that's a superhero film. Uh, well, no. I mean, you know, they they wear costumes, don't they? It's a it's a costume drama. Well, I mean, they they dress up in uh, in spandex and and leather, and uh, and they dance around in in balls, and uh, they have to woo each other, and uh, there's a there's a kind of a, a, a mustachioed. Uh, toying villain uh, who tries to get get someone's baby aborted. I mean, uh, Robert De Niro it's... wore a costume in The Godfather too, but it's not a uh, costume drama, is it? Well, I mean, you've just you've just answered your own question. I mean, it is a costume drama. 
he he wears a costume and a suit specifically. Uh, so what I mean, uh, there probably aren't specific. that many. There probably aren't that many films though that the actors are, are showing up and wearing their own clothes on set. So uh, I mean, are there? Well, what, what, mm, what do you classify as a film that isn't a costume drama? Well, let me surprise you there, Joe, because there are actually quite a few films where actors do turn up wearing their own clothes. Um, I can think of three just off the top of my head. <laughs> Well, folks, I spurred Belial in the direction of this far-fetched fountain streaming into the sky from the squat adobe building, and the worthless beast trudged grunting across the asphalt. The dawn sky above was still a shimmering mix of purple and silver, and bluish steam rose from Belial's nostrils in a tritonopic parody of the geezer gushing from the building, like a golden bullet of white and yellow liquids. The diner's car park was occupied by the usual vehicles, Mr. Kemper's blue sedan, Ms. Warnes's camper van, and assorted cars unwillingly abandoned by outsiders who had strayed too close to the slam chasm. I still could not make sense of what I beheld. Was it a malfunctioning soda stream? A very localized, inland, indoor sea spout? an incredibly incompetent arsonist. I dismounted Belial, and he sauntered off to fuck an SUV at the other end of the car park. I pushed the door open gingerly, using a piece of gnarled spicy root instead of my gnarled spicy fingers, and what I saw there turned my world on its head. Or rather, what I saw was a world turned on its head. Or actually, what I saw was a shoot-the-shit diner turned on its head, or its roof, or perhaps the first one. scenes with the Prime Minister. So the day today, ding dong, pop downstairs, shredded, wonderful, shower, sanity chair, uh, absolutely brilliant wife. Uh, we attach a video camera to the most powerful man in Britain's eyes. So that is a bit peculiar, sort of blizzing. This is a day in the life of Cameron. Get up in the morning, ding dong, check my balls, quick check in the morning, check in the evening, and, and Craig and Graham to keep me up to date. Prime Minister. Cabinet, 9.30, 10.30. I've sat around that table for the last five years with those other cunts. Troops overseas. Cunts. Voters. Cunts. Disabled people. Cunts. Proud people. Cunts. Breastfeeding. Cunts. Quick 
snacks for lunch. The Arab Spring. Nick Clegg's balls in a cardboard box. <laughs> this exclusive gives a real taste of what life is like in Downing Street. So what we need to do now is beat off Jeremy Clarkson in my bedroom. Which happens pretty much every day. Prime Minister. Taxpayers. people rubbish cunts every week the pm attends a private meeting with the queen but it wasn't me that said it but someone said no prime minister ever leaves those meetings without feeling a few inches of old thighs i have been deeply touched <laughs> well, prime minister most weeks the pm will make time to answer questions put to him from regional newspapers and radio stations <laughs> okay mark what's your question my question to David Cameron is, um, Geezer, what end of the bath do you sit? The tap end. You get the tap in your back. Yeah, but what about your wife? But actually, knowing your history, was your impetus for doing yoga trying to perform a sex act on yourself? Oh, massively. Hey, buddy. Dude, did you not hear me? What? What What are you saying? I said, don't come in. Well, well, why not? Well, mainly because it's three o'clock in the fucking morning. Well... What do you think? I'm trying to get to sleep here. Look, I heard some weird sounds in here, okay? No, you didn't hear any sounds. Because it's three o'clock in the morning and there aren't any sounds. I'm trying to get to sleep. Look, I just wanted to check in case it was like a radiator or something was broken. No, it's... Look, you don't need to come in and check for sounds, dude, okay? Just go to sleep. Can you just please close the door? What are you... No, <laughs> no, close the door with you on the other side of it. Please. You're being awfully coy. I mean, do you know what it was? No, well, there, I don't know what the sounds could have been. Then. Maybe it was the plumbing. I don't know. We'll work it out in the morning. Just go to sleep. Uh, it's the middle of the night. Uh, come on, I mean, what if it was the radiator or something? Because it's obviously not the fucking radiator. I've just said I was jerking off. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't believe this is happening. Uh, is this what it's going to be like? You, you're just going to kind of wander around naked and... Uh, well, I mean, I'm not exactly naked. Okay, fine. All right, look. Here I am, jerking off in front of you. So you can verify the sounds, whatever the fuck that means. Ah, uh. wasn't so difficult. Mm. Staggering around on the ceiling with the waitresses, the diners clientele were scattered about the place in various stages of either unconsciousness or breakfast. From the floor above, tables and stools hung like chrome stalactites, and inverted red leatherette booths sat empty. Xandros, the diner's owner, was lying on his back on the ceiling, his prodigious belly heaving at the grubby seams of his heavily stained vest. Like a morbidly obese idiom, he was futilely sobbing over a pool of spilt milk. Strewn about the ceiling was broken crockery, glistering cutlery, and errant condiments. 
pools of coffee, ketchup, syrup and liquid fat were gathering between the polystyrene ceiling tiles and running in grid-like rivulets towards the exit. The ooze poured directly upwards out of the door and fell in a greasy waterfall into the morning sky. As I stepped through the door, the floor of the diner fell away above me and I fell upwards onto the ceiling below. Fortunately, the top of my head broke my fall, and the sharp crack and sudden pain in my neck told me no serious damage had been done to the diner's inner fabric. I pulled myself upright and tottered to my feet. One of the waitresses approached with a steaming pitcher of coffee and an upside-down frown on her heavily painted face. The picture was so realistically drawn that the steam from the coffee drifted upwards towards the open door and pooled on the tarmac outside. Beyond the full-length plate-glass windows of the diner, I could see the desert landscape stretching away into mountains that hung from the horizon like soiled brown underpants on an immense washing line. The ground above, the sky below. This next one's for anybody who's ever found it hard to tell the difference between getting up and getting down in the morning. costume drama is uh, they have um, rockets that they can shoot out of their hands which you know that crops up that crops up twice in Howard's way and uh, I think even I think it happens a post credit sequence in a room with a view uh, Maggie Smith Dame Maggie Smith uh, lights off a rocket and um, explodes in Julian Sands face well it, it, it's interesting you should say that actually because I'm a uh... One of the privileged few, Adam, to have seen the alternate ending to Remains of the Day. You know, the very famous scene where Emma Thompson climbs on the back of that raggedy old bus and and, and starts to drag away, and Anthony Hopkins is there, and you can see that he's kind of letting everything uh, he go, uh, he loves sort of go, you know, and then he shoots a rocket out of his hand, and uh, the the whole bus explodes. 
Yeah, I mean, it was powerful stuff. I, I just don't, I don't know why they they went for the mu- the more muted ending. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget um, Stevens, as the character's called. You know, Stevens. He shoots out the rocket and he says, "Ain't got nothing on these rockets." My second visitor came not long soon, as I was putting the final touches to. M- mother's extracted eggs and oh what a magic treatment do come in I'm a carpenter too so there's no danger of this breaking I said to Jesus using the same hammer I'd invited him into my home with to bang the nails through don't you worry I administered noticing Jesus did look worried your bag of pizza boxes and smashing cap are safe and houses in mother's frozen memories room. Here's a sponge of vinegar piss to soak up all your fears. Night, night, Jesus. I scissored across his cheeks before sagging into bed. I do hope Papa arrives tomorrow, I think, I thought. It's been a long time since we audienced together. Jesus didn't shut up all night, which I liked. I turned the light off. I turned the light on. I turned the light off. I turned the light on. I turned the light off. I turned the light on. I turned the light off. The shoot the shit diner hung beneath the desert's low ceiling, suspended like the undercarriage of a burning planet-sized Hindenburg. Out in the car park, Belial continued to sodomize the sports utility vehicle. He looked like a horrific great black beetle, rutting with its stunned silver mate on the ceiling of a vast empty room. I took a few precarious steps forward, fearful of crashing through the polystyrene tiles and thin roof below to fall like a rocket down to the edge of the Earth's atmosphere and beyond. But despite my caution, I failed to see the ankle-high ceiling fan revolving in a blur in the middle of the room. Caught me on my right leg and I stumbled forwards. Now, as I believe I've mentioned before, my right foot is not what it used to be. That is, it's not where it used to be, ever since that bastard Dr. Sarakin amputated it like an overenthusiastic pedicurist. Ever since I have been walking on an artificial foot made from a shop mannequin's hand. When the shin hit the fan, this paradoxical prosthetic flew into the air, smashing through the diner's window. It curved away and downwards into the sky at first, and then upwards to land in the desert sand. My momentum carried me forwards, and I too fell through the window, grabbing the top of its frame just in time to catch myself. Splinters of glass dug into my hands as I dangled in a bizarre handstand on the facade of the Shoot the Shit diner. Now, Belial may be hornier than the sharp appendages sprouting from the front of his skull, 
but he is a staunch friend for all that. Seeing my predicament, he abandoned his monetary ministrations to his paraplegic paramour, dislodged himself from the tailpipe of the now-crushed SUV, and trotted over to the front of the diner. Standing squarely with his four legs on the ground, he hung above me. He raised his head, and one of his steel-tipped horns lowered within reach of my hand. I took hold of the horn, and the world flipped through 180 degrees. Belial tossed me onto his back, and we continued homewards, the ground and sky once more in their conventional configuration. Now, folks, for all I know, those poor unfortunates in the -the shoot-the-shit diner are there still. They don't get much passing trade, and the current layout of the place is going to do little for its appeal. Unless you like your eggs sunny side down, I wouldn't recommend anybody strays too far off the road and into the desert in that particular part of the slang chasm. Chasm.